0: everyone welcome to this week's episode. So at the time of recording I plan to call this episode My Baby Doesn't Have a Soul, which is probably one of the more edgier names for a podcast, and not sure if we're going to keep it. But luckily when I checked in with Anade, she's very good with she's very good at coaching me and said a little bit of friction is good. <laughs> So I know that the title seems a little bit crazy, um, but it's going to open up a really exciting topic for me. Something that I'm very excited to share. And yeah, I I feel like it's going to spur on some conversations. Because everyone, of course, everyone I know speaks about my baby's soul Um, you know, how my baby's soul has chosen us and how my baby has a spirit and it has a special soul with a contract to me and many other things. So this is something that is, I don't think I've (laughs) heard even one person say something to the contrary. And that's no problem. That's a way that I used to speak as well about, um, people that people had souls But yeah, this episode is going to elaborate further why I don't believe that anybody has a soul. And I have no problem, you know, with people coming up and talking about my baby's soul. But sometimes people really probe me (laughs) and invite my opinion. And often I'll give the more, you know, mild response, which is just that, you know, when people are asking about my baby's soul and what kind of soul it has and you know, they, and wanting some kind of answer, I usually will answer that right now, my, my baby is just an idea. So the, you know, our, we've decided to name our baby Jasmine, which is just the best name, but you know, Jasmine is as a, as an individual person, Jasmine as a soul is just an idea. So that's the um, more mild response. And a couple of people have copped the full on, you know, when they're asking about specifically about my baby's soul, I'll just say, I don't believe she has a soul. I don't believe anyone has a soul. So a couple of people have copped that. And yeah, this episode is just to elaborate further on why I hold that belief. And hopefully I can also touch on the difference between a physical reality like me having an arm and a spiritual concept like me having a soul and the ways that those two are often conflated, especially it's totally normal and normalized in religious and spiritual circles for spiritual concepts to get conflated with physical realities And then become the basis of, you know, creating these kind of um, belief systems and dogmas that, you know, separate different, you know, spiritual clans and religious clans. And, you know, some of my loved ones, if they're the ones who have probed me, you know, they'll say, but, you know, my poor loved ones are confused. They're like, but you used to believe in souls, And I, yeah, I used to believe in reincarnation and I used to, my my belief system and my spiritual framework used to include the idea of souls. And if you haven't listened to the episode, we'll link it in the show notes, but there's a really important episode I recorded a few months back called Four Stages of Spiritual Seeking. And when we start... Our spiritual seeking journey, the one that we consciously choose, not the religious system that we've been born into, but when we as a seeker, we start to seek out information and we're thirsty. At first, we adopt a belief system, right? So we adopt a belief system that fills in all the gaps of our knowledge, which is pretty much every, it's just a big gap that we have. And then we practice with that belief system. And when we have enough experience practicing with a belief system, then we have enough experience, we feel comfortable questioning it. And using, turning that map into, you know, refining that map. So we're not just adopting a belief system, but we're Cultivating our own belief system. And something really important I want to mention is that logic does play a huge part in spirituality. There's this idea that, you know, logic and rationality are somehow, you know, counterproductive to spiritual practice. Logic and rationality are demonized as, like, you know, being the mind instead of being the heart or the spirit, but actually logic plays a huge part in our spiritual practice. And the most exquisite spiritual systems I've known that, you know, really just light every cell of my being up and and open me and inspire me and really deepen me in an experience of deepening my connection to the reality Those systems are the ones that blend that wordless, mystical knowing and logic beautifully. We are chronically missing coherent frameworks in our spiritual systems. And I am, it's not just an idea that I have that that's dangerous. It's been a powerful experience in my spiritual journey how it has been dangerous if not only just a hindering force but actually dangerous for myself and for you know huge communities that I've been a part of to not have a coherent framework to have a framework so to to have beliefs and to have a system of beliefs that is just taken blindly and assumed for without a logical questioning and my job as a philosopher is to refine my thinking so you know it's not <laughs> it's not your responsibility to rationally analyze all of your spiritual philosophies if you don't want it to be but for me my responsibility my job as a philosopher is to refine my thinking And it's not acceptable for me as a teacher and as a philosopher to adopt ideas from a religious philosophy to fill in the gaps of my experience um, indefinitely. What needs to happen is that I need to fully adopt a belief system, fully be willing to believe it to be true, to test it with faith that it has value and that it has functionality and there is logic to be found in it. And there is not just logic, but there's deep mystical knowing to be found in it and to have faith in that and then, and to test it from that place. So it's not just the skeptical looking for why everything is wrong kind of mentality. But really, the priority for me is to not use religious or spiritual, whatever you want to call it, philosophies to fill in gaps of my experience and then just use them as assumptions crutches. And then, you know, the very common next step is to then regurgitate it and spread it and emphasize it to other People who don't have as much experience, don't have more experience than you, so then we just regurgitate to them and start to spread these belief systems that that just feed the masses. And for me, that's what the idea of the soul is. So it's an idea that has been widely represented in, in like all religious and spiritual traditions, so it's just been assumed to be a kind of truth. In fact, I've discussed this in, in other contexts as well, like intuition is coming from our soul. Well, what is the soul? And the soul is this unquestionable truth. It's a universal truth that we have this individual, personal essence called our soul or our spirit. And there is no reason for me to... Debunk or refute the existence of the soul. Like, I'm not trying to just create my own edgy belief system. I'm genuinely curious into what is most there, you know? And my experience with Jasmine, when I connect into this very felt, baby in my belly, very, very active, kicking all the time. And people are asking me about her personality. And for me, they're asking me about something that hasn't been created yet. So I, you know, what's being felt in my belly is muscles, bones, a nervous system, a developing nervous system completely firing its butt off in all these different ways as a way of developing the nervous system, the musculoskeletal system. That's what I'm feeling in my belly and I'm not blocking myself from feeling anything deeper. Trust me, there's no one more than me who wants to feel what else is here is there something mystical magical wordless in my belly that's landed in from another lifetime or another dimension i'm i would love to experience that however there's no personality that i am connecting to in there i'm definitely connecting to a human a human being in there but personality is something that And this is, uh, I'm now sharing a, something that is both logical to me, as well as the experience of my own mystical states, which I'll elaborate on more in a moment. I've just got a bit of a, a pant, pant starting to happen. But I'm not as out of breath as I have been on some previous episodes, but I will push on. So from a rational point of view, our most up-to-date knowledge of psychology and personality. Like if we're talking about personality, our greatest minds and the accumulated knowledge that we have about personality is that personality is something that develops from when someone is conceived to, you know, and then throughout their life. And of course, When the fetus is inside the womb, it's got much less environmental um, stimulus as well as much less a need for personality development. It's mostly physical development that is a, you know, biological priority when we're inside the womb. But as we, and then, you know, again, it's just a physical and biological priority for development as we're a newborn. But at some point it becomes advantageous for a personality to develop. Another word for that is an individual sense of self, which is what we, as other people we perceive, from the outside we perceive it as someone's personality, from the inside it's perceived as someone's individual sense of, sense of their self. And these together make up, you know, what we consider to be a personality so if that is only developing from scratch at a young age, then right now, for me to assume that there is a personality, the way, the way adults speak about that, already developed and something that I can connect to inside my belly, for me, it's just a concept. So Jasmine right now is actually just a concept. If I'm thinking about, I I want you to think about a potential unborn child that you have. And if you think about them, it's a concept. It's something your mind is projecting. And in this case, my mind would be projecting something onto this child in my belly. And, And as I do that, you know, I get a couple of images here, but I don't have a very developed concept either. Probably because I don't lend too much energy into this idea of her having a personality. So I'm not going to, you know, think about her as a Capricorn and think about, you know, her genetics and start to create an image of her. But even if I did that, it would be an image of her. No matter what I'm to connect with, it is going to be an image. It's going to be a mental projection. And that's my experience as well as my rational understanding behind it. But I want to speak a bit more about my deepest and most profound meditation and spiritual experiences. So you may be familiar with me speaking about non-duality as a philosophy. And this is where I found my the more deeper spiritual experiences, the ones of Quote, awakening so the the most abstract reaches that i've ever experienced as a human being but that have also been these kind of mystical peak states where i'm where they feel just as real as as waking life feels and have a, a sense of truth and coherence to them that you know is beyond just um a dream or an intoxicated state or some kind of imagination. And these mystical states um, are these non dual experiences. And what characterizes these experiences, what makes this awakening experience, is the experience, is having an experience where I am fully present but i am not a person so i am fully present but i'm no longer an individual self and this is actually the premise of non-duality so non-duality refutes or says that it that what doesn't exist is an individual self And that we definitely have a sense of being individuals. The same way that we have a sense that, you know, a plant is individual. Our brains are designed to differentiate objects and call things individual somehow. And of course, a plant is a plant. I am me. I am different from the plant. But... Non-duality says that that is the most surface experience that we have. That is the experience that we have through our senses. And we experience our life through our senses. We experience the world through our senses. And we experience what according to this system says the, is the most superficial way of experiencing the reality that's how we experience it normally so non-duality and non-dual meditation and you know the awakening meditation we even have them on the podcast any of the meditations that have the word being in it is probably pointing to this in a big way so these meditations are they are a process of investigating what am i Because when we investigate what am I, we find, okay, well, well, I think I'm my body. But that's not what I essentially am. That's one of the layers of me. One of the components of me is my body. One of the components of me is my mind. One of the components of me is my desires. And then non-duality says, what am I essentially What is it that owns all the components? And then we realize that at the deepest layer, the teaching is is that what we believe ourselves to be essentially is a person, is a personality. And remember, personality is just that individual sense of self. But when we investigate, so a non-dual meditation investigates, it gets awareness to look directly at the deepest sense of myself. So the feeling of me, the sense of my being, what the word I refers to. And we look at it in a meditative way. And awareness looks directly at that essential self. And then it inquires it questions what is its nature. And then what we feel is that this deepest layer of me that I feel as my essential self, the one that owns all the components, it's not personal. That's the awakening experience is that we wake up from a absolutely given assumption, totally believed assumption that what I essentially am is personal because when awareness looks directly at the deepest sense of me, we realize it's not personal, it's just being. And we're being all the time. It's the individual person that's a concept. So then, what is the soul? I'd love to hear what your definitions are, but the, the most common definition of what a soul is, is that it's a concrete individual self. But in non-duality, that is what is directly refuted in an awakening technique and awakening practices. The individual self is refuted as a concrete thing. And it's understood to be a concept that we actually as humans, we unconsciously assume to be a concrete thing. So in my own Deep meditative experience, the deepest realization I've had is that what I essentially am is being. What I essentially am is not a person. It's all that is. It's just presence. The now. You know, what I essentially am is not a thing. It's not a layer. It's not an object. It's formless. So then for me to say that. Well, then there's no reason that I have to believe or, or say that I have a, an individual soul. In fact, the individual soul is another way of speaking about the person, but giving it a concrete reality, something that we can talk about and discuss And in some way, make a spiritual, some way spiritualize the personality. And I have no reason or need to do that. Like There's no value for me in spiritualizing my personality and making up that this personality that is basically the body and the mind, the personality is this individual nervous system, all of its conditioning, the body and the mind. That's what the individual nervous system is, right? It's both the nervous system both produces the body, produces the experience of the body, and it produces the mind. So the personality is the nervous system. When I die, the nervous system dies. When I'm born, the nervous system's born. And the personality doesn't exist outside Of that nervous system. Coming back to my baby, like it's a huge leap for me. It's too big of a leap for me to automatically assume that my personality that is completely lends itself to my nervous system somehow continues on without the nervous system after i'm dead and comes in before the nervous system is created so you know if that's that's what i'm that's what i believe that makes sense to me so then what is the soul this so you know the answer that i get is that it is some it is the individual essence, the person's essence, or a soul is some individual spirit or essence that is existing, floating around me, flowing, floating around Jared and I as a couple, waiting to come into a body. And I just need some... I, if that is... That's a huge belief for me to adopt without any definition or explanation on what this is what is this energy and then that comes in and exists before the personality forms and then as i'm living my life where is this soul and like I said, this was something that I happily adopted. All the f- all the traditions speak about except non-duality. All of them speak about, and you know, some non-dual traditions, you know, if it's half baked, they'll put a little bit of soul and reincarnation in there. But it's you know a really coherent non-dual teacher or system won't be speaking about the individual self and refuting it at the same time. And it really just depends on how much of a taste someone has, a teacher has, for logic, really. Because there's nothing wrong with believing in a soul. I like to believe... I I don't believe in astrology like it's a real thing. I, I like astrology and understand it to be a map a framework for reflection but when people believe that astrology is some kind of real thing that you know then effect, you know people who are fire signs also have certain biological conditions then you're conflating a spiritual map and concept, a mythic concept, with a physical or biological reality. I'm not saying that there's not overlaps or connections to be made somehow, but I, but we have this tendency to um, medicalize and physicalize mythic realities in order to try to give them more legitimacy to make them more right and this is just what is it's done unconsciously and it's so obvious as you progress further down the spiritual path to see not just the content of your spiritual system but how is it put together and not only does the content need to be functional and work for you but also looking at dysfunctional ways that systems are put together and the way we adopt beliefs and this deep unconscious compulsion that's totally normalized in spirituality to adopt beliefs in order to create otherness and belonging. And this is actually a trauma condition, like being a traumatized culture and having such a deep, deep, traumatic, unmet need for belonging. We actually do this in the way that we adopt spiritual philosophies. And then believing in a soul is no longer a myth that serves the functionality of our spiritual practice, but it just becomes a tool for connecting with others on ideas and concepts and and beliefs and creating a sense of belonging and again there's nothing wrong with that but the only thing that i'm here to point out is when things are unconscious and assumed and therefore not being assessed for their functionality and functionality doesn't mean that oh everything needs to be logical and everything needs to be rational functionality means that something is serving you Something supports the way that you want to function. And very often these concepts don't serve any value except that they're band-aids. And you don't want to, you know, rely or imagine that your band-aids or use your band-aids as being, you know, stepping stones to deepening the truth and the connection to your reality. And that is, I mean, this is why functional spirituality exists, is because spiritual practice is the way that it's run. And we have a traumatized culture. The way that we use spiritual practice is actually as band-aids. It rarely deepens people. It rarely develops people in deep ways and it just provides band-aids of connection band-aids of you know pleasant or euphoric experiences and that can actually become quite dangerous because we start living in band-aids it's just replacing trauma with band-aids (laughs) and we don't want to rely on that so this episode is covered a couple of things definitely one is the philosophy of non-duality and how that relates to the the soul and basically it refutes the soul also we covered how i don't have any reason to adopt the belief of the soul and i'm also happy to let it go because it doesn't serve anything interesting or valuable it would only serve to help me to connect to others and feel if I felt like I needed to adopt a belief in other to increase belonging, which I don't. Firstly, because I have cultivated a lot of really beautiful belonging in my life, in, in amongst myself, feeling really connected inside and integrated inside myself and also connected with others. And also, as a temperament, I'm I'm highly unagreeable. So I don't mind letting go beliefs, even if if other people all agree on a certain belief and assume a certain belief. and with the soul, this is absolutely widespread understood. Like I don't know anyone. who's going to listen to the podcast and be like, that's what I've been thinking all along. And if you have been, I'm super interested to hear about that. But I don't mind letting go of beliefs that don't fit into my deepest experience or into my deepest logical exploration either. And also just covered a little bit about adopting belief systems and again, thinking functionally about our spiritual practice. And like I said, at first, you just adopt beliefs. So maybe everything I've shared here actually resonates with you and then you adopt it. So we listen to things that resonate and then we adopt them. That's the first part of developing and deepening an experience. Like with, with a resonance, we adopt something, but then we have to actually do work and test it in our own experience. It doesn't mean you have to sit for meditation only. It doesn't mean you have to only think logically, but you have to have that motivation for truth or motivation for coherence, a motivation for refinement. And for me, refinement is like my favorite word. It's the purpose of our existence. It's like a kind of improvement that deepens us, deepens our connection to the reality, the present moment, ourselves, our community. That's what refinement does. And we're here for improvement. It's it's not just the human desire, it's the desire of nature. The strongest biological impulse is for improvement, is for upgrades. We're here for that refinement. So yeah, just another just another reason or excuse to speak about refinement here today, talking about my baby soul. And yeah, again, lots lots unpacked in this episode. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. We'll put up a post in the Facebook group as always. I'd love to hear your comments on the episode. And also, yeah, like, especially if you've got some thoughts and questions, um, I would love for a couple of us to get on a call and record a little podcast to having a bit of, for those inclined to just kind of unpack the thoughts around this and, and debate a little bit, because I was actually having a chat with Jared the other day, and he opened my mind to a possibility of a soul persisting after, after we die here. And um, definitely not as an individual self. So this idea that we've adopted from Christianity and Hinduism, really all the religions that talk about us having an individual soul It's a way that fits into their philosophy and you know how wholesome some of these religious philosophies are you know not really designed for the individual refinement that you and i are seeking Um, more designed for really whatever the intentions and values of the state were So it's like these old, old ideas of the soul being this individual that, you know, goes to heaven or gets reincarnated and has a karma and all of these things. That's something I'm really happy to do away with unless anyone has any way of any arguments or um, interesting ways of explaining or convincing me otherwise. And I, like I said, I used to believe in this stuff and teach it and, astrology and all of these things for years and really got into it and it's actually getting more into it and practicing it deeper that i realized what those gaps were so yeah hope you found this interesting and looking forward to hearing your thoughts and catching up with you again in the next episode see you then thank you for tuning in to the functional spirituality podcast If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.